1: Hello everyone and welcome back to Private Education, the Smart Sex and Relationships podcast. This is the second week in a row that I have been on time with my episode. I hope everyone's delighted because I certainly am. It seems as though I might have got my shit together a little bit. Um, so today I, I've been speaking to someone on Instagram and we like haven't met in real life because she's based in Perth in Western Australia. But on Instagram, she describes herself as obsessed with vulnerability, personal development, positive psychology, body acceptance, and radical self expression. Beck Antonucci, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's so wonderful to connect with you.
1: Yeah, and I just, I found, like, I've had a, I'll be honest, I've had a couple of people get onto me on Instagram and say, oh, I'd love to be a guest on your podcast. And not all of them have been the right fit. And while what we're going to talk about today isn't strictly sex and relationships mm-hmm. I feel like what we are going to talk about is kind of body image body acceptance um, and your relationship with your body and I think for me anyway that really links quite strongly in with sex and relationships because how you feel about yourself in your body is such a big factor in how you feel with sex and with relationships would you agree
0: oh absolutely I mean one of my clients yesterday and for her to start working with me she really had to convince her husband uh, because obviously coaching and accepting our body and especially when men are like what are you talking about I just love you exactly the way you are what do you want to spend all this money to start loving and accepting yourself for and so it was a real process to get him on board with her to begin working with me and we're six weeks in and she is hasn't thrown up her food in six, for the first six weeks in 10 years. She is loving her reflection in the mirror. And her and her husband are having better sex. Like he's literally every time she has a call with me or a meeting with me, he's like, can you say hello to Beck and tell her I love her? Because how <laughs> love and acceptance of our body, it is that is the cultivates everything for us. It cultivates our confidence in the bedroom. It cultivates our confidence. You know, in Australia, we're at the beach a lot, and when we're in bikinis at the beach, it
1: influences and impacts every single area of our life. Totally. And so, Beck, just before we kind of get into, we have like a Beck has made a list of kind of pointers of kind of how you can come to have a better you know, acceptance of your body or a better, just, you know, more confidence and that kind of thing. Before we get into that, will you just give the listeners a bit of background as to kind of what you do, what your background is and how you came to a point where this is what you do for a living?
0: Absolutely. I would love to. So I support women to break through ineffective self-worth and body image stories to then activate their voice and live their most radically expressed life. I do this because I'd spent 13 years in the fitness industry as a bodybuilder, a sports model, a personal trainer, a strength and conditioning coach, a Pilates instructor. I've essentially done every single facet almost of fitness. And the reason I got into the fitness industry was because I was heavily bullied in high school as a young teenager to the point of attempted suicide and then I was a victim of domestic violence with my first partner when I was 19. So what this did for me was it created an immense distrust with both the masculine and the feminine. And at 19 years old and very impressionable and feeling like I'd never find anywhere in the world that I could fit in, I joined a gym and thought potentially if I looked strong to the outside world through changing my physicality, through changing my body, that potentially I could get acceptance, or if it wasn't acceptance, people just wouldn't think that I was weak and they wouldn't hurt me. And that was what I went in search for. If I could do something so that women and men could not hurt me, I didn't want to be bullied and I didn't want to be assaulted again. Now, what I didn't know because I had been bullied so horrifically in high school was I didn't actually realize I was beautiful. And I'm actually quite a very attractive female. And I didn't know this because I'd been told for 5 years straight by all of these girls in this very prestigious private school in Perth that you're rank and you're disgusting and I just assumed that they must be they must be right and I'm this awful disgusting horrible person, and I can never fit in anywhere in the world, no one will ever like me, no one will ever love me, no one will ever accept me. Now when I started changing my body as and I was just a normal shaped girl with no uh, I wasn't overweight, I was just normal, I had no idea what chicken and broccoli was at the time. And come from an Italian, quite very strong Italian family that ate a lot of pasta. So I was just a normal, beautiful, healthy 19-year-old. As I started to do this diet and I started to change my physicality, everyone in this very popular gym in Perth, Western Australia started being very nice to me. And I all of a sudden had all of these strangers in this very busy gym saying hello to me everyone knew my name, men were asking me out on dates, Facebook had just started, everyone was adding me on Facebook, I was invited to things every weekend and my impressionable 19-year-old who thought that she was just this uncool, not liked person that men wouldn't wouldn't accept and women rejected, all of a sudden everyone was being insanely nice to me and I associated looking a certain way and being physically beautiful with being accepted in the world. And I assumed if I was accepted, that meant that people couldn't hurt me. And that really started a huge body image journey for me. I started competing professionally, dieting extremely. Then I went from a heavy dieter to bulimic, laxative abuse, purging, which I I personally believe is self-harming. And that was a 10-year roller coaster. I ended up having my Breast done overseas twice. I had a horror overseas breast surgery because my philosophy is that if you avoid emotional pain, you only further call in more pain into your physical reality. So I thought that everything was kind of like a solution. Like, I'll go on a diet. People will love me. That didn't work. I'll get my breast done. That'll help me love myself more and people will love me more and I'll be more physically appealing to other people. That went horribly wrong. And when I was 25, the last thing that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back was I left a partner who I really loved and the man that I left him for gave me an STI, which is herpes. And that obviously comes with a stigma all on its own of disgusting and awful, which is not true at all. But it was the key and the catalyst for me realizing that my love and acceptance cannot be found in another person. It cannot be found in the mirror. It can't be found in a gym and it can't be found in a diet. The only person that can create this love and acceptance is myself deep within and it's
1: it's interesting because you say you know you said that of your of your 19 year old self that you didn't you didn't realize that you were beautiful and I presume you know I mean I I would never ever consider myself beautiful but I would I I find beautiful or I find beauty if you like in everyone Mm. I find something beautiful I like I don't think of You know, beauty as being this one particular homogenous thing, I find it in everyone, and I don't necessarily find it in myself, certainly not physically. So, Um, right now,
0: if I was to ask you, do you believe that you're beautiful? What would you say to me?
1: I would say not physically. Okay. Um, I would say I think I probably am a good friend and I'm a good family member and I'm a good wife, and, you know, those sorts of things, Mm. because that's what I consider to be important. Um, But I don't think, I mean, the physical side of things doesn't really uh, come, into it, come into it too much for me. And, you know, I would be confident, but not physically confident. But I, I feel like a confident person, but I don't feel physically confident. And it's it's interesting that you should talk about beauty in that way, because I feel like in relationships, how you see yourself often manifests in how your partner sees you. Mm. Have, you have you found that?
0: Yeah, I mean, we, they, we all know that that woman that is just so confident and so just in love with who she is as a person that no matter what she looks like, whether society would say that she is magazine beauty or Instagram beauty or whatever, we all have our own version of beauty and I, I believe that every single person is beautiful, but that person that radiates this inner love and acceptance of themselves and this confidence, I believe that that just shy, like. I honestly don't think I'm at, you know, the most spectacular human being on the planet, but my energy, I find that that's what lots of people will see and they'll look twice because the energy radiates and that's what yeah. I think is the most attractive thing in any man or woman. No matter what physically they look like, that confidence, that personality and that inner acceptance that they just love who they are and no matter what's about to come out of your mouth, they're going to just hold space for you and love on you exactly the way that you are I think that creates so much beauty and that especially as women when we fall more in love with a person I believe we see a more beautiful human
1: I yeah no I would completely agree and I think that 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 has certainly happened me in the past that initial you know you don't necessarily have that initial physical attraction to Mm. someone but develops over time when you get to know them as a person and you find them to be more physically attractive mm-hmm. um you you mentioned I I have um a, like you know lots of pointers here from from you know that you've that you've given me but one of them the one that kind of stuck out to me and I'd like to kind of ask you about is that you say the perfect Instagram body didn't bring you the happiness and fulfillment mm-hmm. that you thought it would and I feel like a lot of people that will be listening to this you know we're all on instagram we're all there all the time we we are constantly being bombarded with social media we're we're looking at influencers we're looking at fitness people we're looking at you know all these really aspirational people but constantly seeing that same thing uh, and aspiring to that same thing you know it's almost like is it the impossible dream? And then if it does happen, like in your case, it it did happen for you, you had that, like, if you like Instagram, perfect physique, it didn't bring you the happiness that it thought it would. What was that? What was that process like? And, and how did you kind of come out of that the other side and think, okay, you know, I have this and it still hasn't made me happy. Now, what do I do?
0: So it was always uh, momentary. So I, what I realised, my addiction was to external validation and I would diet for a particular day, whether it be a competition or a photo shoot for Instagram, whatever it was, and it would be so much sacrifice of my life, of my relationships, of planning and measuring and weighing on my food. Such an unhealthy relationship with food. I couldn't be seen to enjoy food. I was so immensely angry at people who did look like they enjoyed food. I hated and resented food. I was, you know, binge eating, restricting, laxative abuse, and I would try and motivate myself and pick a day, like I would do a, this competition on this particular day, which means that I'll be motivated for three months not to eat anything bad. And I would do this process, this journey for three months or four months or five months, however long it went for, eight months, sometimes a year, that I was on the wagon. And then when I fell off, it was horribly the opposite way. But the day would come. And what I didn't realize was all I wanted was to heal the pain of the girls who bullied me in school and the boyfriend who punched me in the head. But I was avoiding that. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to talk about it. So I just, what I did, I didn't realize that, that I was trying to mask it with distraction. So every time I did this particular event and then I do the photo shoot and I post all the photos on the internet, I'd get all of the external validation that I thought would bring me the the joy, the key, the freedom, the happiness, whatever it was. And I'd been yeah. feeling so unfulfilled because it was kind of like, I thought that, doves were going to fall out of the sky and someone was going to come down singing and just like the key to my problems or the answer to my problems, the key to my happiness, I thought it would be found in this body and the day would come where I looked the way that I thought that happiness would be found and I'd feel just as empty and just as upset and just as in pain and still upset from the girls who bullied me, still upset from the boyfriend who hit me and still not feeling like I validated or accepted myself and now I've just gone on this torture journey of, ruining relationships, not enjoying my social life, not going out for meals with my family, not having Christmas dinner with my with my parents because it would ruin my, my body and it made me realise that I was just digging a deeper hole because the fulfilment that I, I just thought this day would come and it would be like, here you go, happiness, it's found now, you're happy and it never happened,
1: not once. And- you talk about um, you, you one of the things on your list that I I want to ask about because I have no idea what it might entail, mm. and I feel as though, uh, I feel as though I might benefit from it to be honest. Um, you say you list mirror work mm. as a way to have or to achieve like bodily acceptance or or you know acceptance of of the body that you live in. What is mirror work? So
0: mirror work is literally st- standing in front of the mirror. And you would be mostly naked and you would be looking into yourself. So not at yourself, not judging yourself, but you'd be looking into yourself and really taking time in private by yourself to see who you are, see who's in there, see who's beyond the reflection, see past Oh, I've got a pimple on my nose. I need to lose three kilos or three stone, if that's what it is over in Ireland. I shouldn't have eaten that chocolate cake last week. Or looking past all of the things that when we first look at ourselves in the mirror, we think of all the reasons why we might want to change ourselves. And really then seeing into and being like, who's there? What part of me am I here to meet today? What does she want to share with me? What does my inner guidance system want to tell me? What does my intuition want me to
1: see or feel or hear right now? And it could be, sorry. No, I was just going to say I I I feel like you know especially Irish women and I don't mean to generalize but we I love a generalization on this podcast I'm forever making them. Mm-hmm. I sometimes I think Irish women um we are we we deflect every compliment like we can never ever accept a compliment. Mm-hmm. We we feel uncomfortable with um we feel uncomfortable with being told we're beautiful. We feel uncomfortable with I think it's it's almost like we can't um there's something shameful about being you know proud of your body or confident about your body you know there's there's almost this kind of reluctance to admit that you think you're beautiful or that you you know even even to talk about things in any way that's not self-deprecating is kind of just uncomfortable for a lot of Irish women. Australians are
0: quite the same actually uh, I, really? I had this very similar encounter um, at my Pilates studio. I was working this very beautiful woman walks in and I said to her, gosh, you're just, your face is like a cupcake. I could eat it. It's so delicious. Like you're just beautiful. And instead of saying thank you or just accepting the compliment, she then deflected, oh, no, but you're very beautiful. And then I went to be like, no, 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 no. And I just thought this is so <laughs> You know, generalization, but I think it's generalization not just for Australian women or Irish women, but for all women. We just instead of saying instead of me just being like, Yes, I am very beautiful. You know, even I still face that that like even when I said to you before I'm a very attractive woman, there's a part of me that's like, Oh, I better not say that. I don't want people to think that I'm pig-headed or arrogant or egotistical or any of these things. But I just think how brilliant for a woman to just say, We've been conditioned to say I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I should look like the women on Instagram. I need to lose x amount of centimeters off my hips. How brilliant! If we could eradicate that and just be like, "I'm such a beautiful woman."
1: And is that part of your um your your body super affirmation that you were talking about to me earlier? Like that, is there a is there a are there actual things you say to each other, say to yourself, and to other people, your your people that you work with that um that you repeat or you know is there are there things that because I mean I was I was talking to someone it's not the same thing but I was talking to someone who was pregnant and she had all these affirmations about you know how her labor was going to go Mm. and how she was ready to welcome her baby into the world and it was going to be fine and she was going to be healthy and she had these affirmations that she would say to herself over and over um, as part of like a hypnobirthing plan is it the same when you say you know, your body affirmations, what what exactly do you mean by that? And, and do you ever feel a bit silly saying them?
0: <laughs> so I work with two modalities. One is uh, a, a super affirmation alarm or, or a self-love alarm that goes off three times throughout the day. And what I believe is we speak our self-love into existence, which means even if I don't mean it in this right now moment, Rather than sitting down and criticizing myself and who I am as a person, I'm going to speak out loud to the woman that I'm becoming and say all of the things that I believe that she is. Even if I don't truly feel it right now, and it would be like, I'm a brilliant woman. I love myself so much. I'm so proud of myself. And I will talk for one minute on and on and on and on about the brilliance that is me. And I do that three times throughout the day. And that's not just that's beyond body, that's about the self, because I truly believe that the relationship with body, we see a more beautiful woman in the mirror once we start loving ourselves to who we are. So I believe the work on who we are as a human and acknowledging that aspect of ourselves is hugely and immensely important. But the other thing that I have is my body's super affirmation. And so every time I would ever catch myself criticizing my body because I just believed it started to become a learned behavior and I realized it didn't actually matter what I looked like in the mirror because even when I was super slim and underweight, I criticized myself when I was a little bit overweight and binge eating, I criticized myself on the day of my photo shoots, I'd criticize myself. And this to me was like, wow, this is a pattern and it's made me realize that it actually doesn't matter what I see in the reflection, the criticism is still there. So what if I was to catch it and reframe it? And so whenever I would have an ineffective thought about my physical self, I would cut it off and I would, I would drop into my body super affirmation, which is, I love my body. I love every single part of my body. I love all that I can see and I love all that I can't see. I love every organ. I love every bone. I love every single cell. I love my body.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: And I cut myself off every time. I, I And every time I hear an ineffective thought, catch it, and I say it.
1: And do you actually physically, like, I mean, when you say say it, do you say it out loud to yourself? Yes.
0: I say it out loud. I mean, okay. if I was in a gym you know, training or exercising in front of lots of people or in the middle of a shopping centre, I might say it in my head, but I love, to, I love to speak it out loud. I love to meditate out by the ocean, actually talk to the ocean. I find it very cathartic to hear my voice and I believe that our personal freedom is through voice activation so I truly believe in any place in any space in any time that you can find and give yourself permission to speak out loud and you might feel a bit silly at first but you actually start to really love it
1: Hmm. and when you asked me earlier on in this episode when you asked me earlier on do I think I'm beautiful that made me so uncomfortable Hmm. and you one of the things on your list here is speaking openly about your vulnerabilities and like for me saying to you that I don't consider myself physically beautiful like that's that feels weird for me to say because I I try I I don't know it's hard to explain I try and make myself believe that what is physically there doesn't matter necessarily in in who I am and you know how much my friends and family love me and how much my husband loves me and all that kind of stuff I try and I try and minimize my physicality but then when it actually comes down to it to be perfectly honest and this is like again this this would be me being quite vulnerable because I don't really say this like my body actually does matter to me and it does get me down when I look at it and there's parts that I don't like and I know that I'm I'm overweight and I know that I'm not you know treat my body the way I should treat it and stuff like that so like as much as I try and minimize my my vulnerability it's still there and I try and you know I often kind of say well my body doesn't matter because that's that sounds like a virtuous thing to say Mm -hmm. but in actual fact it does matter so You know, when you're working with someone, if if someone say came to you and said that, you know, I don't feel physically beautiful, but that doesn't matter to me because you know what's inside counts. Mm -hmm. You know, do you say to them, "Well, no, actually, the way you feel about yourself does count."
0: No, I don't because I don't believe that I could ever impart my beliefs onto someone else. Typically, they come to me and they tell me what's present for them. So, say working with you right now, if you were a client, you would say, "Beck." My body doesn't matter to me, but however twenty two minutes into the conversation, and what's actually come up for you is that was actually a really vulnerable share, and your body really does matter to you, and you deflect that and avoid that by saying it shouldn't matter, and no, it doesn't affect how people see you as a person, it's not going to make your husband love you anymore or your family love you anymore but if you turn around and say to me actually this is a little bit of my avoidance then we get to go there I never put pressure or guide my client to any of their desires they actually guide me so that I can support them to achieving whatever it is that they're looking to achieve if it's free if it's loving their body exactly as it is right now then beautiful if they say to me actually I am a little bit unhealthy and I am a little bit overweight. I mean, I personally would find it very hard to be in great shape in England or Ireland. I feel like in Australia, we're very fortunate. The sun's out most of the time. We've got a very active lifestyle here. So I can imagine the challenges that you do face living in a different culture, in a different country, in a different climate. But just given what you said to me then, I would support you into well, what would what would make you feel really great? What would make you really excited about your body? What would make you really excited about the things that you put into your body and really how you feel being in your body because what I love is being a high energy vibrant human so I know that I mean I'm a very hyperactive person I've got a lot of energy but it also comes down to I put a lot of great food into my body so if someone said that to me I would talk to them about how they really want to feel they want to wake up and bounce out of bed and do they want to just be really excited for the food that they eat and then once they eat that food they get so much energy from it that they it, it really enhances their day and so c- cultivating that excitement and joy around everything that you do so that if it was a little bit of a weight loss process it was something that you really looked forward to and gave you so much fulfillment and really impacted so many areas of your life in such a positive way
1: and your your body image like I mean in in my relationship with my husband my body doesn't I mean I never ever ever feel unattractive around my husband Mm -hmm. I in fact I actually feel more unattractive when I'm alone I feel more unattractive when I'm out and about and I see my reflection you know I never feel unattractive to my husband which I think is I I can say I think I'm quite lucky because I would hate to feel like my partner was looking at me and judging my physicality but in do you find or have you found from the people that you've worked with um like you were saying about your your client earlier on do you find that um sometimes people's partners can be i suppose a negative influence on how a person feels about their body
0: i believe that we will attract what it is that we're thinking about ourselves so how you said about who you are and how confident you are as a person that is a real testament to you as a woman because in Australia that isn't common for a woman to just be like, I just truly, I, it's not even about my body, I'm just such a brilliant woman. That That is, I know this is a big generalisation, by and large what does not happen here. And okay. so women are often attracting because they don't feel good enough in themselves, they then call in partnerships where they also have that mirrored to them. But what I try and put back on them is, you're cultivating, you're the creator of your reality and you cultivate and create all of it. So while Ashling says all of these brilliant things about who you are as a woman, then when you're with your husband, you feel even more of that. And that makes perfect sense to me versus if you said to me, I actually don't feel enough as a person, I'm not confident in who I am as a woman, my podcast is shit, I would expect that that's most likely reflected back to you in your relationship as well. So that's what I believe when it comes to what gets reflected to us in a relationship, it all comes down to our thoughts and feelings about self.
1: And you're, when you kind of are working with someone, the the mirror work is obviously one aspect and the affirmations is another aspect. What other ways do you or what other kind of ways of working do you find helpful to people in coming to accept the way they look and 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 building that confidence from the ground up if if you know if you're working with someone who really has no body confidence or no confidence in general how do you start you know is there are there meditations that you do you know what what kind of ways do you work with someone to build that
0: well to begin with I like to ask the woman where she's at and if it's I didn't, I'm just not good enough which is more often than not the common thing i ask them is that true are you absolutely sure and this is um byron katie teach- teaches this um I, is it true whatever your belief is i'm not good enough or beck is that true yes how can you absolutely know that it's true and more often than not it's just a learned behavior or a learned belief system that isn't our truth it isn't fact Yet we walk around with this heavy emotional backpack full of bricks like it is our truth and it is fact. I'm not good enough. No one's ever going to love me. No man is ever going to love me. I'm ruined. Whatever these thoughts and feelings are, my body isn't good enough. If only I lost X amount of kilos or stones and maybe someone might love and accept me. Is any of that true? And and they say yes, but then it comes down to no, it's not. And I like to ask the person, what would good enough for you really look and feel like? Because a lot of women haven't defined what good enough is for them and so more often than not we've kind of set the bar and we reach it but because it's a glass ceiling we've never actually stated what good enough for ourselves is we're we're aiming for this goal that is never reachable because we just keep lifting that bar even higher so to begin with and I don't think there's anything wrong with having a goal and reaching it and then setting another goal that's life but the point is for the woman to actually at, celebrate herself every step of the way and actually let me know what good enough would feel like for her and then we go into where did this not good enoughness come from so I know that she thinks that we're going to start focusing on her body or her diet or losing weight or being confident or whatever these things are but really she doesn't feel good enough and I want to know at what point in time where in your life did you first believe that you weren't good enough And we get to go and backtrack through that timeline and unpack that and find out what what seven-year-old or what eight-year-old or what 15-year-old had something happen to them. Maybe your mother told you that your sister was prettier than you or your dad pinched your stomach or told you to put a T-shirt on for a family photo or you created some kind of story that was then I need to lose weight or I'm not good enough in comparison to my really pretty sister or I'm a bad dancer or the girls at school bully me. Whatever that story is, we get to unpack that and then work through her thoughts and emotional feelings and backtrack through that timeline, knowing that not all timelines are linear and really empower our wounded inner self and start loving on our wounded inner self so that our wounded inner self is not the one that's ruling our lives right now. And that's when the adult version of us reclaims our life and starts living from a place of confidence and clarity and purpose and brilliance.
1: And can I ask about your own experience? So you, you mentioned that you were bullied at school. Mm-hmm. So like, was that about your body or was it just, you know, what, what was the kind of focus of that bullying for you? No,
0: it was my best friend got to school one day and we'd had a sleepover that weekend and she decided we weren't friends anymore and she moved our entire group. And, you know, when you're kids, you all sit in the same spot. So I went over and found where all of my friends had moved to and I sat down and they all moved, got up and left. And then she just started screaming at me, you're rank, you're disgusting. And this happened for five years. Um, And it was, yeah, it was nothing about my weight. And I didn't, it wasn't until I went to the gym and started dieting that the weight started impacting me. I'd never, I'd never really thought about my body until then. I I played tennis. I was athletic. I was just a normal girl, but weight had never been something that had popped into my head.
1: And can I ask as well about the relationship that you're in, mm-hmm. in your late teens um, that was violent? What was it? Because I know I've actually spoken recently and that's that's why I'm asking this because I've spoken recently. Someone DM'd me on Instagram and they're a listener of the podcast and they sent me this really, really detailed and and very, very upsetting message about the relationship that they're in. And they have... um they're in a relationship where they they are being physically abused and and I think emotionally abused as well which is um kind of less spoken about so the physical abuse was the first thing that she talked about but the emotional abuse was clearly there as well um and she is struggling with um the fact that she still loves the person that she's with in spite of it all and she really wants to get out of the relationship but she doesn't have and it's funny because she has the means to get out of the relationship. She has financial support. She has family. She has friends. But she said that she doesn't have the confidence to get out of that relationship. And I am wondering, you know, what was it in you that enabled you to leave that abusive situation? What was the turning point for you?
0: Well, we'd had a build up of little incidents where... We I kind of like wrote it off and that was my first boyfriend so it was I think I'd been pushed and I landed on my elbow and I ripped my jacket and there was a little bit of blood and then there was another instance where we had a fight in a car park and he put his elbow through the passenger seat of my car and left me in the shopping center in the pouring rain with this smashed glass and he went walking with the blood all over his elbow and a few instances when he was drunk and you know, that was this is my first boyfriend, my first pretty much everything so and my first love that you, mm-hmm. you know, you are so deeply in love and you make excuses and also at that age you kind of love fighting and making up. You're really yeah. excited by that for some crazy reason. Yeah. But when the final straw was he actually punched me in my head and he knocked me unconscious. And oh that was that was really hard because I actually wanted my boyfriend back and I knew that what he'd done was so wrong that we couldn't get back together. But the deepest part of me that loved him so much didn't not want to be with my boyfriend. And I just knew it was done. Like from that point, and there's only two ways to go that it's you either accept because as women, when we go back, whether it's emotional or physical abuse, and more often than not, it's emotional. When we go back, We just condone their behavior and we enable it. And I have a lot of girlfriends recently who have been through very similar situations but in an emotional sense and he does the thing and then he apologizes for the thing and they take him back. And then he does it worse the next time. And it's like, well, we know what he's going to do and every time you go back, you're enabling the behavior and you're allowing him to continue treating you this way and whoever's to come next. And the only way to pattern interrupt this kind of behavior is to leave and it's also asking yourself how bad are you going to going to let it get before you do decide to walk away because it isn't going to get better it isn't i know lots of women live in the hope that this is the last time he's promised he's apologized he's so when he's good he's so amazing I know I've done so much personal development, so much coaching, so much trauma therapy, narcissistic therapy, heaps of different work to be able to work with my clients. And I see it and I understand when they're amazing, they're phenomenal human, brilliant human beings and you can be so in love with them. But it doesn't outweigh the bad and it's going to continue to get worse until it gets to breaking point and you get to ask yourself how far are are you willing to let it go because you're the one that's in control you get to be the courageous one. Walk away for the benefit of both parties.
1: And for you to have that presence of mind in your in your late teens or early 20s or whenever it was that you eventually left that situation, I mean, there, there was obviously, you obviously had something in you that, that, you know, whether it was your gut instinct or whether it was your inherent kind of confidence that you've had or whatever it is, you obviously had something in you that, that gave you that push that you needed, that assured you that you were doing the right thing, that you were leaving the relationship for the right reasons, and that sort of thing. Do you feel like, as a person, you know, because you know, you've become this kind of this coach and this person who's all about positive psychology and and acceptance and confidence and helping people. Do you feel like that person was always in there, and and the the bullying and the domestic violence and those things that you've gone through? you know, brought that out in you almost? I believe that that person exists inside of all of us,
0: inside of every single one of us. I think we all, every client that I come across, when I ask them that everyone has this deep desire to want to help and contribute. And every person Mm -hmm. has a story. I don't think that that version of me really did exist before the bullying and before Mm -hmm. the, the assault. I believe that, these situations really humbled me I wonder I often think to myself I'd much rather be bullied than be the bully and I feel like this has just taught me how to love people more see people for more see them beyond face value see them for more than their possessions or their things or what they can what their accomplishments are and what accolades that they've achieved I really believe that these things are what shaped me and defined me and put me on my path. So I am really grateful for all of the. I guess some people would call it struggle. I think it's divine and you know gifted to me in this lifetime for for a very important reason. But I do believe it it helped create the woman that I am today.
1: Thank you so much, Beck, for for sharing your story personally, but then also for all of the advice that you gave throughout that whole episode. It was really I mean, uh, like for me, the kind of body image thing and that whole acceptance, it's it's such a it's such an uncomfortable thing to talk about, really. And I think a lot of Irish women will feel the same way. Um, but it is so important and, and, and being able to say to yourself and, you know, that I, you are confident, you are, you know, intelligent, you're smart or whatever the, the, you, whatever it is you're telling yourself, I feel like your inner dialogue has to be positive because the things you tell yourself manifest. Um, and so if anyone, if anyone wants to follow Beck, you're at Beck Antonucci on Instagram and I will put that in the show notes so that you can spell it because I'm sure mm-hmm. we will get it wrong. <laughs> um, and yeah i just want to say thank you so much for joining me all the way from perth today oh it's
0: been such a pleasure it's so wonderful to connect you and i love absolutely love everything that your podcast is doing i think it's so needed in australia and ireland all over the world and i'm really excited to
1: share it as well thank you so much and i'm I'm actually if this breaks me into australia i'll be delighted because <laughs> i uh, i really feel like i mean there's something kind of uh I feel like Irish people and Australian people have a lot of similarities, and um I think yeah our the the pod, the the subject of the podcast it it I felt anyway that it was needed in Ireland or in in the Ireland that we are now as opposed to the Ireland that we maybe were twenty years ago and yeah if it if it um if I get a few extra australian listeners out of this then i'll be very very grateful so thank you again beck and thanks everyone to listen for for listening and for coming back i know last friday's episode was kind of slightly different from this we were it was all very light-hearted and we're talking about sex and the city and all that kind of stuff Um, so yeah i hope everyone got something out of this episode i hope everyone enjoyed and as always if you wanted to go on to itunes and and review or anything like that i would really appreciate it as always Um, and with that until next friday hopefully if i continue to have my shit together um i will talk to you then so stay safe have fun goodbye